Hello and welcome to Draw, Lose or Draw, a weekly podcast covering all things Partick Thistle. Joining me this week to look back on Saturday's win up in our growth, Jamie McDonald. Jamie, you're back. Are you feeling rested after your, your couple of weeks off? Yeah, uh, glad to be back. Some good games to talk about. Fantastic win on Saturday. Good to finally get the Arbroath hoodoo on. So, yeah, very happy. Rhys Aldane's here. Rhys, how are you? I am. I'm not too bad. I'm feeling a wee bit ill, but for sure keeping the spirits high, so all's well. And fresh from his um, performance up at our growth on Saturday on the dance mats, David Forrest. David, how are you? I'm splendid. An all timer of an away day on Saturday, and yeah, a fantastic game, and yeah, feeling great. David, have you seen the bit Lemmy does where it's like, if you go up to do karaoke? it's more embarrassing if you're a really good singer than if you can't sing. Like, that's more embarrassing. Do you yeah. feel similar about your ability on the dance mats? I, I would say, right, I am quite shit at dance mat, right? But you know who else is shit? Everyone that I faced, like uh, Kieran and uh, David McCluskey, were absolutely rotten. I can hold my own. I can do a job, but I'm not. I'm not winning like the Ballon d'Or of dance mat or anything like that. But um, I, I had a good day. Um, you know. The, the fans are behind me that day and just playing with freedom. Um, so, yeah, you know, a, a good day at the office for me. Um, I think we're getting closer and closer to a YouTube channel. Um, we'll start this week's episode, as we always do, by having a look at the starting 11 on Saturday. Um, Ian McCall, interestingly, said he would wait till he got up to our broth to judge the conditions before naming the team. The team had three changes to the, the League Cup team that beat our broth on the Tuesday night. So, Cole McKinnon came in for Bannigan. Fitzpatrick came in for Tiffany, who was carrying a knock and didn't make the squad, and Brian Graham came back into the team for Anton Dowds. Reese, were you happy with that team? And do you think the conditions affected what McCall would have done at all? Um, I, I was, I was pretty happy with the team, as I said the other week. At the moment, with how well we're playing and how good their options are, I feel like I'm always going to be happy regardless of the the starting eleven that McCall picks. I think every every player's took their chance so far this season, so I'm more than happy with whoever plays. Uh, I was a wee bit surprised though to see Bannigan not get a start. We, we were kind of all talking about it on the bus up. Like one of the guys was saying Turner should definitely start. And don't get me wrong, Turner's been brilliant all season and, and he always does well. But I thought he would, uh, McCall would have stuck with the Banzo, Doc, McKinnon midfield three. But um, Kyle Turner kept his place and he done he done very well. I don't really think the conditions at Arbroath would have had a great change to McCall's team because going into the game, as I said, the only surprise was Banjo. Other than that, it would have been my starting eleven as well, regardless if we were at Furhill or Arbroath. I mean, obviously Fitzy came in because Tiff's out with a knock, but I don't think many people would have went and switched up much more than that. Yep, it was definitely, it was indisputably windy at Arbroath, but I think in comparison to what it's been like in the past, 
it was fairly kind, kind conditions. I think it's been that way the last two or three times we've been up there, which is good. Long may that continue. Um, Jamie, what about you? What did you make of the team? I was pretty happy when I saw the starting lineup. Don't think I'd have made many changes. I wasn't sure if Manningham was going to get dropped or not, but obviously I ended up dropping out for Cole McKinnon. But that was a fantastic change in the end because I thought McKinnon was absolutely fantastic on Saturday. He ran the show, scored that second goal, which is probably the best goal we've got so far this season. He was, yeah, he was outstanding all day long, so I think that was the right choice. And I was glad to see Muirhead keep his place at the back. To be fair, he's just, I think he's really kind of sure is up at the back in the last couple of weeks and just kind of calmed us down. He's very, very vocal as well. He demands the best from his teammates, so he's always a good player to have him down. And I thought Turner had a decent game as well. So, yeah, I thought the changes were the right ones to make. And I feel that the only one that's now maybe in McCall's head is who does he start up front? If he's stuck second with one striker, who does he go up front? For, yeah, is it Graham or is it Dowds? Because Graham's obviously got, I think he's got a pretty good scoring record against here. He usually scores for us against them and He's, you know, he's always been Mr. Reliable for us, but Dowds has had good form recently. Three goals in five league games. I think he's only started one of them as well. So, yeah, he'll definitely be knocking the door for a start, but it'll be interesting to see what he does. David, anyone unlucky to miss out on Saturday there? No, I mean, I, I'm I, I'm very similar. I would have probably kept the same squad. I think, as we said, you know, Bannigan is maybe a bit unlucky not to make it, but it worked out. You know, the choice made, it made sense and it was, it was proven right. To be honest, it's a team that I'd probably go for myself. And it is kind of one of those weird things where Dowd is in great form at the moment. For, he's making so many dividends out of the short time that he gets to play. If it wasn't Brian Graham that he was replacing him, you'd probably say in another team, Anton Dowd is maybe a bit unlucky to get in. But then you look at Brian Graham and you're like, well, he's justified his spot as well. So, no, it's probably probably the same lineup as I would have made myself. Again, don't want to beat in a broken drum. I, I would have probably, you know, I would have liked to have seen, seen Snedden get in, in, in instead of Mitchell, but I think that ship is sailing. Um, so, and, you know, he's he's definitely back in Mitchell. So, you know, fair enough. It, yeah, I, I was quite happy with the 11. On to the performance then, Reese. I thought it was quite a, a funny game. What, did, what was your take on it? Yeah, I thought we were pretty dominant throughout the full game uh, without actually creating too much in the first half. There was, there was quite a frustrating amount of offsides I, I did notice that um, obviously I was behind the goal so I, I couldn't see if they, they actually all were offside but there was some were, were kind of like three against two on the break the, the one that um, Lawless I think it slaps McKinnon in and the flag just goes up and you're like there's no way that you should be offside there just time your run I don't know if he was offside or what but it was getting really frustrating in the end um, and I think Brian, Brian Graham came close a couple of times sliding into back post but it was much of a muchness at half time. There wasn't too much in the game. But um, <clears throat> obviously in the end, our, our, um, our depth once again, proven to be vital with, with the guys on the bench like Dowds, like we've mentioned, who's doing as all good strikers do. And that's put the ball in the net. And long may that continue. I, I mean, as Jamie touched on as well, that's three goals in, in five league games. And I think the only game he started all, well, all season is uh, Arbroath in the Cup the other night. And... On another night, he could easily left that game with a hat trick. It was pretty unlucky with the chances he was missing, but I, he's, he's, I, I wouldn't say I'm surprised at how he's playing, but I'm surprised at the rate that he's putting the goals away because he's not having a lot of minutes and he's scoring almost at every chance he gets. It's obviously going to be really hard to replace the sort of partnership that Graham and Rudden had last season, but Dowd is, is making a, a no bad go at it, so I'm really pleased with that. As for the, the general perform, performance, I know we were speaking about it on Twitter the other night, Matt. 
thought uh, Big Arrow and Kevin Holt, the two the two Dumfries farmers, they absolutely strolled it. Cigars out the full game. They just they just look so dominant. Doesn't look like anyone's going to bother them. And it was it was a very comfortable day for the the defence in general. I don't think Mitchell had a save to make. And especially we, we we mentioned Ross Doherty as well. I thought he was absolutely outstanding. Like everything good that we done just came through him. It was it was absolutely immense. Um, and I love to see like Doherty kind of get the recognition that he deserves. Sometimes he goes under the radar, doesn't really get a lot of plaudits because he's, he's he's not a flashy player. He doesn't do any like wee flicks or tricks or anything. He just does the hard work. Like you you look at the the goal. I broke for a bit of break and Doc's put in a sliding tackle, won the ball um, and hit the post out of nothing. And that, that put us 1-0 up. So aye, in terms of performance, I thought we were in total control. But at, at times it felt like it was going to be one of the, the classic Thistle days where we go up to our bro or we go somewhere that's hard place to go and we, we dominate possession. We, we put our stamp on the game, but we just can't get a breakthrough. But thankfully it was the late, late show in our bro and and. Uh, Dowds and McKinnon produced the goods in the end and it's absolutely huge three points and you saw the kind of the unity between every player on the park and the fans and like when we went 2-0 up Mitchell's running round and jumping in front of the fans and stuff it was, it was as David said it was an all-timer so I really happy with the start of this performance I just come back on a couple of things you said there firstly the offsides I was in the I was in the stand with my uncle and my mum right behind the linesman and I think the first one was was offside and then there was one that the linesman didn't put his flag up for, and it was a tight one, and he got a bit of stick from, I think it was Ian Campbell. And the next one was honestly about five yards onside, and he put his flag up. It was one of the worst offside decisions I've ever seen. The one you spoke about, the one where we were in with Lawless and McKinnon, that was offside, but there was one just before that, and it was the one of the worst offside decisions I've ever seen. Um, and I totally agree with you about Holt and Muirhead. I thought they were... They were brilliant. I think Holt had one miss kick in the, the second half, but apart from that, they were impeccable. They didn't give our both a sniff. We've spoken about the, the midfield, the the relationships in midfield, and Bannigan, Docherty and McKinnon looked a really good midfield um, in the last couple of weeks. Docherty took his game to another level, I thought, on Saturday, and it might be because he has Turner and McKinnon in front of him, who he knows are going to do all the creative work he can just focus on breaking the play up and giving the ball to them. I thought he was brilliant. Um, Rich, do you want to come back in? Yeah, I just want to continue on what you're saying about the officiating at the weekend. Like, I, I watched that Campbell's interview today and he was pretty pretty crestfallen. He, he, looked, <laughs> he looked really downbeat, so that's that put a smile on my face. But he, he was moaning about the refs. He was saying uh, he's no one to look at excuses and ever blame the refs, but he thought the ref was terrible. And to be fair, in the first half, I thought, I didn't think there was much consistency from the ref because he booked, uh, I think it was Harry Milne, he booked one of their boys for a dive, but there was a lot of bad tackles from our both players and Scott Allen in particular. I thought there was maybe two or three in the first half that he could easily have went into the book for, and he obviously didn't. But in the second half, I thought that was a really good bit of, bit of officiating to book him twice for the, the two bad challenges in the same passage of play because, to be honest, the, I, I'm not sure about the first one, obviously Fitz evades a challenge, but the second one, that could easily have been a red on its own. So I was glad. You don't see many referees do that. A lot of them will bottle out of doing that because it's two in the same passage, but I was pleased with that and that was a good bit of officiating. His first booking race again, that was right in front of me. And as you said, the challenge was evaded, but it was a it was an awful challenge. It was like a lunge just straight at the man with his stud shown high. Like if he caught the man, that could have been a straight red in itself. And I both could argue... Or if he stops the game there and books him, he doesn't go and make the second challenge. 
But the second challenge itself, that was a disgraceful challenge from Alan. Like he was lucky he didn't get a straight red for that. I don't know if he because the ref saw it and he get booked, he'll avoid getting a straight red for that, which would mean an extended suspension. But that that was a really bad one. That was dangerous. An elbow into Docker's head. There was no need for it. And as you say, he seemed to be in a bad mood all game. Um, I don't think I both can have any complaints about him being sent off. Jamie, what about you? What did you make of the performance? I thought that we were very, very dominant. I think I checked the match stats and set up Brofford more possession, which I was surprised to read. But he also said that our both didn't have a single shot on target, so it was clear that they weren't really doing much with it. I thought the defence was good all game. I don't think there was any, not off the top of my head anyway, no dodgy moments at the back, which we've been a bit bad for this season. Most of the goals we've given away, or a couple of them anyway, have just been from you know, complete howlers, individual freak goals, but we seem to have ironed that out the last two games, which is good to see. The only problem I'd say was with the performance aside from the offsides, because that was getting pretty annoying, was I felt at times we were kind of trying to walk the ball into the net. I'm trying to like carve out the perfect goal when occasionally maybe someone should just had a pop shot or just hit it, I don't know, like a lawless or a Fitzy or someone just have a long shot. Which is what the goal eventually came from. Doc did really well to hold on to the ball. We had the shot, came off post and Dowd was in the right position. To head it in, but yeah, times I thought we were trying to walk the ball into the net, which can be annoying to watch. But aside from that, I thought we were just unbelievably dominant and definitely deserved the three points. And yeah, Cole McKinnon, like I said, I thought he ran the show. I thought he was fantastic. David, any thoughts? I I really I really enjoyed the performance from ourselves. It was, I think the thing that we re- I really enjoy about this team is that they try stuff that. Other, other incarnations of this wouldn't necessarily do. They don't always come off and it doesn't always work, but they are trying stuff. Um, so many years of us just kind of going through, you know, passing and we triangles, or never playing it down the, the middle of the park. People always just say, oh, we played, we played the game well and we didn't really win. But I think this is probably the best I've seen a Thistle team play, certainly since like, the championship winning season. We just try. We just have a confidence that we're a, a wee bit audacious at times, and it's something. It's really anathema for us to be that sort of way, and I absolutely love it. And our broth. I mean, our broth have the the they have the reputation of fortress Gayfield, the wind tunnel. You know, they set themselves up. They're tough to break down. They get you in the press, and and you know they take their chances when they when they get them. They just look a completely different side from the sort of team from last season and even seasons before where we struggled previous years we go up there and we, we filtered and we we absolutely you know strolled it and just the team is so exciting stevie lawless i love Mc, lawless and mcmillan together I, we all talked about tiffany and milne uh, you know being this sort of partnership and the life of what you see i, I love uh, lawless and mcmillan um together and i thought i i just i thought the whole team was absolutely brilliant and as you say, we've got the depth, and we could we could have won it by more. We we made it a bit we made it a bit more edgier than we needed to be, but that made it even better when we scored in the 89th minute. And then when the second one went in, it's absolute pandemonium. Like everyone was absolutely on side. You saw how much it meant to the team and the fans at the end. It was yeah, it was a brilliant day and a brilliant performance. And our brother far more cynical than the usual they're cynical in a different way from the usual wear and it just did not work it just looked like they were absolutely rattled yeah i know that this is normally a really positive podcast i know we normally agree on 95 percent of things i don't think i'm as 
hot in their performance as I think David and Jamie are. I thought we were okay to good in the first half and once Alan had been sent off, I thought, right, it's just a matter of time. And I know we got the goals in the end, but for 20, 25 minutes after the red card, I didn't really like the performance. I thought we were trying to push it too much. We were crossing it from far too deep. We almost panicked a bit after the red card, I thought, and thought, oh, we, we need to get a goal here. They're done at 10 men. We need to, or this will be a disaster. And we sort of panicked a bit. And in the end, I know it was good work from Doherty and a good shot, but it is a bit of luck to come off the post and fall to Dowds. It's a bit of luck that I think we probably deserved for the overall the overall performance from the first half. Or both certainly didn't deserve it in the game. But I, I didn't think it was vintage Thistle on Saturday. And we were crossing it from too deep. I thought Graham was the only target in the box and he wasn't really getting much joy out of those two centre-backs. We targeted, I think we targeted Hancock at left back for them. We didn't get a great deal of joy down our right. I think Lawless was being double marked. We we definitely deserved the win, but is that a sign of a good team if we're, we're maybe a bit unconvinced in winning again? Probably. I'm not complaining. As you say, David, how tense it was at the end did, did make it feel that much sweeter. But I don't know if anyone wants to come in or if anyone agrees or disagrees. But the second half I thought was frustrating and not our best if you had to rank the 12 halves that we've played we've had far worse like we've had games where we've kind of just well a wee bit in the second half and stuff like that we've we've had one half that's better than the other and this was like the first and second half were probably better on average than the first and second halves in other games that we've played even if it wasn't the greatest you know the greatest either half that we've had all season i think the two of them together are probably better than some of the parts than, say, the Rafe game, possibly, if you look at the second half and that, and compare to the first half. Like, it is a more even sort of spread as opposed to one great half, one shite half. And even though I, the sort of extremes are less... Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I get you, but I think it was just the situation of the game because you could look at the Wraith game and Wraith were flinging everything at it and they really forced us into sort of sitting back and not playing well. It, it was there for us to play well. We had an extra man. We had better players. And I, I just think we panicked. And I think I do think we deserved a bit of luck to get the goal. I'm not saying it was a bad performance. I know we had the stats will suggest we were the dominant team, and we were. But I just don't think we went about it tremendously well. And I know that all's well that ends well, but there was large spells of that second half. I was sitting thinking, this is never going to come. And we would have only had ourselves to blame. It wasn't like we were peppering their goal with, with shots. Gasson wasn't overworked on, on Saturday. Matt, I can I completely agree with you. I think the exact same because like see if that game fizzled out now now and we played the way that we played, we'd have been like, what what was that? They had they had ten men for forty minutes, but we weren't creating anything. We had a lot of the ball, we were seeing a lot of possession, but we weren't doing it. And then as Jamie touched on as well, there was not a single shot from outside the box when it was it was there to be had near enough to full half. Um, eventually one of them did and it, we got lucky but that's that's what, what I touch on as well it wasn't vintage Thistle and this is the difference this season I think we don't play like Partick Thistle before as David mentioned as well there's, like, there's just a real different aura about Thistle this year um, and as we've seen so that's the two goals at the weekend that takes us to seven goals already this season that have been scored after the 80 minute mark 
that's not Fissle. Fissle don't score late goals. We are kings at conceding late goals. So I just, even though it was nil nil and it was, it was, it was like a training game. The tempo, it was a training game. It was attack v defence. I didn't think we were going to get a goal, but it was just a belief that because I feel genuinely feel that like this team don't stop to the very end, um, and we eventually got those two goals. And there's just a, a different type of confidence I have with this Fissle squad right now that I, I genuinely believe that they'll go into every team and know that they can get the three points. Like some sometimes you'll go to a game in years gone by and you're like, oh, I hope we don't get scudded today. But I generally believe we'll go into every game and we'll play till the last minute to get to get the win essentially. Um and obviously I, I genuinely believe it. I know sometimes you go into a season or somebody asks you and you'll be like, I fist will do well this year, we'll be we'll a chance, we'll we'll win the league. And you're sort of lying to yourself almost it's just sort of blind confidence but I genuinely believe this year that we will win the league I, I say it to everybody I speak to every every guy that supports a football team when they come and ask me about this so I'm like I'm so confident this year I've never been more confident about it like this, just the, the way that Fissel are playing at the moment albeit no great every week it just looks like we're going to win I, I think a, a, pos- a definite positive to take is the way the two centre-backs played since Muirhead came back into the team, we've stopped conceding from set pieces. We've stopped conceding stupid goals. So I think that's definitely a positive. But for me, I, I do think we need to, to play better in most games to get results because I think we we got away with it on, on Saturday. I can't wait for the... Uh, I'm already planning the intro for when we lose like 5-0. Mathematically rules out the title of Reese going on. I've never been more confident of anything in my life that we are winning this title. I've already got it planned out. I mean, he's right, but yeah, it's... it's thank you for giving me some ammo for later in the year. If I do I'm, it, then just, it doesn't work if anybody else does it, so I'm looking out for you. I'm just being genuine because like, I know like people will say, oh, you've jinxed it and stuff now, but I, and people, like, if you ask Fissel fans, you always say, I want to win the league, but I genuinely feel like this is our year. This is our best chance at it. What a squad we've got. We're sitting in the quarterfinals there, a major tournament as well. Just so much posit- positivity around the sort of football side of things at the moment. I know there's off the field issues and stuff, but honestly, I couldn't be happier with Fissel at the moment, genuinely. No, you're right, Reese. But um, see if we do end up in a in a title race with with Air United. Can you please not tweet that it's not a fairy tale for Air? Just big big them big the fairy tale story up for them. Big it up. Uh, Jamie, anything to add? I do agree with you, Matt, when you said that after the red card, we weren't playing our best. I did. I remember saying that to my mum at the game that I thought that we'd kind of panicked a bit after the red card, maybe slowed down and. The crossing, I kind of forgot to mention that as well. I mean, how many times did we put a ball into the box and it ended up in Gaston's hands? Remember, that was getting kind of annoying. I thought we were kind of wasteful from corners and that, but at the end of the day, we did get the three points, one, two, now. So I kind of have a huge amount to complain about. And if that's us not playing at our best and we still win a game, two, now, then when we play well, we should, we've got the potential to pull teams away, I think. And yeah, I think this team really can beat anybody in the league. <laughs> well, see how this is after Saturday, obviously, but. Yeah, uh, I'm quite confident this team. I think a game you could compare it to is, remember we lost a late goal to Cove at the very start of the League One season. And I think the second half of that game, we did sort of pepper their goal with shots and then we lost a late goal. It could have been a repeat of that. So I think the fact that we got the result sort of shows the development that McCall's implemented in the team in the last two years. And no, I agree with you, Reece. Even though it wasn't a great performance, I think we're in a really good place on on the field at the moment. 
Um, since we last recorded, we found out that the, the League Cup quarterfinal opponent will be Aberdeen, and it will be in Aberdeen on Wednesday night. It's the only game that's not televised. Um, I booked my, my train and my hotel up there earlier today. Very excited for that. David, are you happy with that draw? Yeah, just check. Is that the 19th? The Wednesday? Wednesday the 19th, yep, that's right. Christ, that's my wedding anniversary. So, uh, um, so I, I hope my wife. Well, it, this is, I was saying to you, I think I'm going to have to break the emergency glass in this one to get my wife up to come up to Aberdeen for for this game because, well, a, it's my wedding anniversary, and b, it's a huge, huge game for us. This, this entire podcast just seems like, a, in hindsight, is going to sound awful when we get beat eight 0 by Aberdeen and end up six in the league. But I'm very happy with the draw. Um, we avoided the old firm. A lot of people were saying it, it's the, the third worst draw that we could have get, got, and that's probably true, especially at Pataudry, but I think that it's... I, I, I have the confidence in us where we can give teams a game. Um, I, I don't go into it in the way that I would go into, say, the Hearts game in the quarterfinal under Caldwell or, you know, the old firm or whatever, or even Aberdeen the last time where you, were, you, you kind of thought, ah, it's, it's, it's maybe just a wee bit out of reach here. Our team is bringing with confidence, and I think that we will give them a game, and I, I'm very happy just to avoid the old firm. So, yeah, I'm pleased with it. And, of course, Pataudry as well is a great stadium, and it's going to be a great away day. And, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. This might sound daft, but I think you're closer to Aberdeen just now than we were when we played them in the Scottish Cup quarterfinal, even though that was our top six season. I would agree. I, I don't... And Aberdeen, undoubtedly, are favourites, right? It, it'll probably be 2 or 3-0 to Aberdeen. Having said that, though, Aberdeen are not the force they were, like, even two years ago, when they were sort of routinely rattling third-place finishes and trips to Hamden every year. The last couple of years has been not great for Aberdeen. And the results in the Premier League, they've had a couple of scuddings at home, of teams who were reduced to 10 men. Other than that, the results have been a bit patchy. So if we can keep 11 men on the park and keep everyone fit before that game, I, give us an all right chance. I, I do think it's it's not as wide a chasm as as we might think. I don't think Aberdeen are all that, to be honest. I definitely think they used to be better than what they currently are. I mean, last season they finished 10th, which for them is terrible. And in this competition last year, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Rafe put them out of the League Cup last year? That's right, yeah. Yeah, so it's not undoable. I know that was at home, and I know Aberdeen were pretty bad last season, but I don't think that they're all that this season. And I'm pretty sure they just lost to Motherwell at home in the last week or two as well. So I don't think it's undoable. Yes, it will be arguably the toughest game of the season. And they are. They're not, it's not that they're a bad side or anything, and they are favourites going into it, but I don't think it's undoable. If we put in a good performance, we are sound defensive, don't make any stupid errors, we've got a really good attack and I'm always confident that our attack can score goals so I feel it's more about what we do at the back and if we keep it tight and can grind out a kind of result and I, I feel it is possible, it's a result that is possible to get As Homer Simpson would say, it's the, the toughest game of the season so far Jamie, it will not be as tough as the semi-final or the final. Reese, your thoughts? I completely agree with everything that's been said. Of course, Aberdeen aren't as great as they used to be under McInnes. They were solid, they were hard to beat. You didn't really get many chances, but 
they're not like that anymore. They've completely changed their identity. Actually, like last season, they they escaped eleventh by a ball here. They they were almost facing the championship. But this year, I do think they've recruited pretty well. They've not got off to the best starts. I mean, they just they they lost a late equaliser to to County at the weekend. And long may that continue. I hope they continue to struggle up until that fixture comes around. But see if we do go up to Petodre and lose three 0 who cares? Nobody's really expecting a Thistle win. We're quietly sort of optimistic that we could maybe get a result because we will be playing good football. Fingers crossed. Come that tie, and let's just hope that they're not. But I just hope that we don't shake the bed in terms of what we go about and the way that we approach the game. I hope that we don't go up there and, and just camp in. I know you'll have to be a wee bit more streetwise, but play the same way that we play every week. Go and attack teams. I hope Tiffany's fit and he's right, right up for it. The usual Tiffany, when, when the, I know the cameras aren't going to be there, the only game the cameras won't be there, but a Friday night Scott t- Tiffany that we see so often on BBC Scotland. But if he turns up, then we've got as good a chance as anyone. And I'm pretty happy with the draw, in all honesty. I can't wait for it. Yeah, we'll discuss that game a bit closer at the time, but it is, it's a good one to have in the horizon. We'll look ahead to the, the Air United game, a top of the table clash on on Saturday and one I'm going to be very disappointed to miss I'm actually away on my overdue honeymoon in New York on Saturday so I'll be upset to miss this one but I'll be keeping a keen eye on the score Connor Steele's asked what started this air resurgence he's a bit worried going into Saturday's game what's transferred them into a team that that stayed up on the last day of the season last year to a a tabletopping team just three or four months later Um, Jamie I'll start with you on that one I mean I don't have an exact answer for that I don't know I mean, I don't even think Air started the season well. I don't think they did very well in the League Cup group. But when in the league, just the unbeaten, I'm very surprised with how they've done. They've proven a lot of people, including myself, wrong with how they're playing. And that Akinyemi they've got up top, he looks a real handful. And there, they just, I've been very surprised with how well they're playing. But I watched them on the Friday night game against uh, Dundee on TV, and they, they looked good in that one. And, I think I watched a bit of the Queen's Park one as well. and That maybe wasn't their best performance, but they came from two goals down and one three two. And yeah, they just they do look like a team that is dangerous and they can definitely score goals. So I go a very end-to-end game because, you know, we can score goals, they can score goals. And I'm really looking forward to this one. Reese, I think it's a purple patch. In all honesty, I'm not going to sit on the fence. I don't think Errol last the season. Of course, Deepak and Yemi's flying since the league started. He didn't do too well in the group stages. Don't think he scored. And then as soon as the league campaign started, he's been scoring for fun. But apart from that, you look at our squad, it's it's no great. It's there's no many changes from the team they had last season. And I still I'm not gonna lie, I do expect them to tail off. Um he look McGinty's still there. I know he's he's not really started. I don't know if he started every week, but I, I know there's some of the televised games he wasn't playing. But the guy that they're playing in his positions, that Frankie Masonda, who was a bomb scare at Rafe, and they've got a young boy on loan for Arsenal. I don't even know if he's been playing. But I, I, I don't feel there. And all honesty, see when I see the error winning every week, I'm happy because they're beating the likes of Dundee, who I'm more concerned about. Because I know that Dundee will pick up. I know that Inverness will pick up. I just don't think Dundee have got. Uh, I don't think the air have the legs, and they definitely don't have the squad depth either. You look at their bench, and it's young boys. I'm not too worried about it. I'm not going to sit on the fence. I agree with you to an extent, Risa. I'm surprised. I'm very surprised at the top of the league. I expected them to be sort of down at the other end of the table. I would say the Championships of the League were, if you got off to a bad start, 
And if you got off to a good start, it does often dictate your season. You look at our growth last year, even Dunfermline at the wrong end. If you get off to a start like that, it shapes how you approach games. If you're if you're air and you're playing a team that's that started off terribly, that team might sit in against air thinking, oh, we don't want to get battered by the table toppers, and it becomes a more routine game for air. Whereas at the start of the season, you might have looked at air playing Dundee, for example, off the top of my head and thought that's a routine three points for Dundee. But just because of the start air had, Dundee might pay him a bit more respect. It might happen to us on, on Saturday. You never know, but you've mentioned the squad depth there. That would be a concern, I think, for air. And they've lost some some of their better players from last season. I'd say they've lost as well. McEnroy in midfield, even Muirhead. Um, so I think it'll be an interesting one on Saturday. David, do you want to kick us off with a, a score prediction? It's it's a tough one. I, I, I do feel that it, the air, as you say, your season's kind of dictated by your start in the championship. And I, I do feel air might sort of take a same trajectory to Rafe Rovers. I mean, weren't Rafe Rovers on some stupid streak of like 17 games unbeaten or something like that until they lost? against us in the fall game, it was like they were doing remarkably well and then they kind of just fell apart after that. Um, and I don't think this is necessarily going to be the case that we're going to drive the stake through the heart and that's a season done. No, we beat them on Saturday, but I think it's going to be a very tough game. I, I, I do agree. I think there's going to be goals in this one and I'm going for a madcap um, 4-3 Thistle. Absolute barn burner of a game. People jumping the gates, trying to batter each other, like chaos. I want chaos, but I think we'll win. And late, another late goal. Two, we'll go, we'll go, we'll go. Two late goals, make it four three. Absolute pandemonium. McCall twirling his hat as people launch bottles at him. Bring it, announced. I've got no idea how you're still joint top of this predictions league. So I should mention we all predicted Thistle would win on Saturday against their both, but nobody got the 2-0 scoreline. So myself, David and Jamie still on 10 points, Reese on 9. Reese, do you want to do you want to go next? I agree with what David said. I think it'll be an absolute belter of a game. It's not even going to be a top of the table clash. Well, we don't know yet, but Dundee are playing Friday night, so they could easily jump into second for the time being. And that would kind of, it doesn't have any effect on it, but it would almost spoil the fact that it's not a tabletop clash when it comes to Saturday. But I'm going to go... Air one, Thistle three. I think Air will score, but I think we'll just be a wee bit too strong. The firepower we've got, the options that we've got, it's just. I think it's just a different level to what Air have at their own personnel. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I hope it's a sunny day down in the coast, and I think the atmosphere will be electric. I think Air will have a big crowd. I think we'll take a big following, um, and it, all signs just point to a really good game. Jamie. Uh, I'm agreeing with Reese for the score. I'm thinking 3-1 Thistle as well. I'm not fully confident in us keeping the clean sheet just because I think Akinyemi seems to be scoring every week so I wouldn't be shocked if we conceded to him but I think we've got enough about us to get a win. We do look very good going forward at times of the season so yeah, I'm saying 3-1 Thistle. I am going to go 2-2. I think just the, the hot form error on when, it, when there is a good atmosphere down in Somerset you think of the last day of the season Last season, you think of the first time McCall went back there. Air do seem capable of taking it to another level. I do think we've got enough about us to go down there and score a couple. I think it'll be, a, as you've all said, a really good open game. And I'm going to say 2-2, which I don't think will be the end of the world. Uh, David, 
Any changes to the team on on Saturday for you? I, I don't know. I mean, I think it just kind of depends on Tiffany, to be honest, as to his fitness. Even in Fitzpatrick and Wallace are doing a great job um, in his absence that it's, it's, it's not the end of the... Like, it's not the sort of earth-shattering thing that would have been last season, you know, for example, not having him on the team. I think you need to start holding your head as you as you were saying, they absolutely strolled it on Saturday and against like Akinyemi you want you, you want that pair in there. Um I don't I probably I, I, McKinnon was great as well. I think Bannigan might he's gonna struggle to get his play uh, place back for that one. And Brian game, I mean as I say this feels like a very hot blooded game. There's gonna be a lot of there's going to be like a lot of free son about this game. It's it's the sort of game Brian Graham relishes. I think I think I would definitely have him up front. I agree with Graham. I think if it was just about any other opponent, I think Dowds is really pushing him for a start. But I don't think with Brian Graham's scoring record against against there, you can take him out. Reese, what about you? Hi, much the same for me. I, I don't think I'd make any changes for this game coming up. Just pick the winning team again. We played really well. Well, didn't play really well, but we've done well enough and we got the three points at the weekend. And I don't think there's any sort of player in this team that you're going to change your whole starting 11 for. Obviously, we've touched on Akinyemi, but our defence has looked really good the last two games against Arbroath. So let's just hope that they can handle them. And apart from that, as David mentioned, obviously it's a shame to see Tiffany out, but I don't think from early indications I've heard he's in a moon boot and stuff. So I wouldn't be expecting him back in the, the near future so to speak but let's hope it's nothing too serious but as, as David also mentioned it's it's not a disaster like it was last year we've got these options now I, m- I remember going to games last year when Tiffany was out and you just knew there's not a chance we're creating hitting here this is good enough being nil-nil because how many times did we see games last year Like, and it was at the most crucial point in the season that Tiffany missed and it was just nothing we were relying on late goals and late penalties to sort of get us anything but this year obviously we brought in Laws we brought in Fitzpatrick and we look a different animal this year so aye I'd keep the same starting 11 You're right you look back to last season and Tiffany wasn't playing in your your wide midfielders were like Robbie Crawford and Stephen Hendry on occasion Kyle Turner out there it's completely different this season with the options we've got it's, it's a great position we're in Jamie unchanged team for you on Saturday Yeah I'm going to say an unchanged team as well I think it's a little bit harsh on Dows because, you know, I feel he's really knocking on the door for a start. But Brian Graham has got a really good scoring record against there and he's kind of our main man for goals over the last couple of seasons. So, yeah, I'm saying Brian Graham keeps his place. But I doubt to definitely have a part to play. I see him coming off the bench and potentially getting another goal. Cool. We will finish, as we always do, with Partridge Thistle. Um, on the back of myself and David enjoying the smoky suppers up in our growth on Saturday there, I'm going to ask you all, what food should Jack and Ellie's start to serve to rival the Bell Rock and the and the Scottish football sticks? What what should they introduce to their menu, David? I'll start with you. It's one of two things for me here. Like, um, obviously, Jack and Ellie's been an Italian cafe. The the temptation is to kind of go all in on the sort of fish and chips and seafood and stuff like that and calamari or something. You know, or shrimp rings something like that. But I would say as well, there's a there's a fantastic cafe in New York Hill. The name escapes me now, but um, out in Motherwell, and they do amazing rolls and all your sort of your chips and stuff like that as well. But they also have a baker's that sort of supplies them, so it's all like pies and sausage rolls and stuff like that, and they're all excellent. Um, so a proper 
good local bakers with like pies and sausage rolls and stuff like that to kind of complement uh, your roll trade. Um, I think is is the way to go for them. Reese, I don't know. I've not really got a a good answer for this one, but obviously our smokies are synonymous with our broth. It's just one thing you think about and smokies come second. So what's what's Glasgow really famous for? I don't know. Maybe Kunso dinners, turkey dinosaurs, smiley faces, cups of boiled egg and butter, stuff like that. The home classics. That would be a, a good piece in jam. A piece and jam, that's what you need in the menu. Being like the sort of the West End club that we are, though, we could sort of like spice up the menu with like artisan sourdough bread with your sort of soldiers type thing. Jamie, any thoughts? Yeah, I was, I was going to say that. Since everyone always says how West End we are, get like, I don't know, sourdough bread with lemongrass and saffron and stuff like that on top of it. And as expensive as you basically can make it on like seasoned fries and all that kind of stuff, make it nice and nice and chunky. I think they sell cream eggs in Jack and Ellie's um, when it is cream egg season, but maybe maybe cream eggs all year round, and they could, could have some sort of cream egg challenge. Um, you got some obsession with cream eggs, man. Like cream eggs are great, Jamie. You always ask people about cream eggs. Yeah, the, they should be sold all year round. And that that could be Jack and Ellie's thing. Massive cream eggs, white chocolate cream eggs. They could there's a, a market there for for year long cream eggs that I think Jack and Ellie's could put itself in the map for. Anyway, Reese, Jamie, David, thank you very much for joining, mate. I will not be here next week, but David, I'm assuming you will be hosting as you look back on the trip to air and look ahead to our home game against Cove Rangers. In the meantime, stay safe. 